0: So we're going to receive and agree with Maggie's prophetic word. So you guys ready to hear an incredible message from the Bible? I'm not saying from me. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. So I want you to buckle in and and read some scripture with me. Uh, If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open it up to John chapter 4. I'm going to read the infamous story of the woman at the well. You guys ready? I think we're going to have some fun today. I've had a relaxing week with my wife. We've, uh, we did a staycation, which is what you do when you don't have enough money to go on a long vacation. Or it's also what you do when you have a couple of kids that you just can't get away from for longer than three days without, yeah, having panic attacks. And not because they're not taken care of. They're, they're better cared for at their uh, grandparents' house, grandmommy's house, and, and, and G-Daddy's house, which is, which is Carl, my father-in-law, who plays bass. It's funny, my son calls his grandmother grandmommy's house. That, that's her name. It's not that he's going to her house. Her name is grandmommy's house. Hey, grandmommy's house. He thinks that's her name. Which is, which is awesome. I, uh, I, ha- I had, a, had a cool moment with my, with my son a couple nights ago and he's been doing it ever since. Some of you guys may know last week I was in Hawaii teaching at the Fire and Fragrance uh, DTS at the largest missions base in the world, YWAM Kona. Yes. I love going there. I mean, how many of you guys would agree if you're gonna suffer for Jesus, Kona, Hawaii <laughs> is the place to do it. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel called. (laughs) Right? You know, and um, so if any of you guys want to plant a legacy in Hawaii, come talk to me afterwards. I need an excuse to go there once a year to preach for you. You No, I had a cool moment with my son the other night. I was putting him to bed and we, we we have a routine. We read a book of some sort, whatever he's reading at the time. And, um, and then we, we sing uh, Daddy Finger, which I know is not super spiritual. But that transitions us into the Hallelujah Chorus. So we eventually get there. And then, um, and then once we finish singing that, we pray the Shema together, which is amazing because my son is beginning to learn how to pray. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It's, it's really cool to hear him start to recite that. And uh, it's going to make me cry telling you all the story. So he just grabs me and he's like, pulls me in. He goes, I'm glad you came back. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. He said, I'm glad you came back. I said, me too, son. And Daniel Tiger sings this song. Grown ups come back. Some of you guys know it. So I said, dad will always come back, buddy. He said, I'm, I'm glad you came back from the airport. Yeah, me too, man. So it's good to be back. And I know I was back last week, but after the staycation, you know, it's good to be back with you guys. Good to have you guys back for those of you guys who've been traveling. I know I said, welcome home, Chris and Gabby. Glad you guys are back. Welcome home. Family members that have been around the world and back again. Welcome home, guys. Anybody else been traveling this week? Welcome home. Glad you're here. Trevor and Kristen went on vacation. God. Doing missions. Beach ministry. Anointing your husband with oil. Hey. See you guys at John 4 yet? (laughs) It's good to be married. All the married people said... Amen. All right, John chapter 4, verse 13 through 24. I'm going to read 11 verses of Scripture. Now, typically the emphasis is placed upon the woman at the well, but I'm, I'm going to place the emphasis today on the message that Jesus proclaims to the woman at the well. So if you're in John 4, just say amen. Let's read verse 13 through 24 together. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, go and call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Isn't it interesting that immediately she shifts the subject into what worship should look like? She as a Samaritan has an idea of how she should worship as a Samaritan, but she also has an understanding of how Jesus should be worshiping as a Jew, which is in a specific location. You guys with me? Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming. When neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. Everybody say in spirit. Spirit. From the inside. inside. Right? Everybody say "From from the inside. And truth. Everybody say truth. From the outside, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your strength. You ever thought about that before? What does it look like to love God with your strength? Amen. Also in truth, for the father is seeking such people to worship him. See, you thought you were seeking God. But the gospel is that God is seeking you. Doesn't that make you feel good this morning? Doesn't that take the pressure off this morning? Doesn't that alleviate the burden this morning? You think you're hungry for God. God is hungry for you. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Everybody say, in spirit and truth and truth so, so we're going to pray together here and, and bear with me we may pray for an extended amount of time but i hope you're okay with that you guys are okay with that I, the title of the message today is is romancing god yes so let's do that as we get started okay is that good jesus you are the lover of our soul Could we know you as lover? That might be a stretch for us. Might be mind bending. But it's what our spirit wants. It's what the new creation that we are desires. We have a longing on the inside. And that is to embrace God our Father. Our Father, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Our Father, not just my Father, but our Father. It's our Father. We come together right now as a family seeking to know you better, seeking to know you on a deeper level, not just to, you know, pay lip service to you, God, but to really have an intimacy with you that goes well beyond Just coming to Sunday morning church. God, we want to know you, that we know you, that we know you, that we know you. We want you to know us better than anybody knows us. And we seek to know you better than we ever have. God, we want to lock gaze with you this morning. Just, you know, the Bible talks about it being cheek to cheek. Lord, we want to be just forehead to forehead, just, just looking at you, Jesus just looking at you so close that we can feel your heartbeat, so close that we, we know what's happening with you, not just telling you what's happening with us. We want to know you, God. We want to know you, God. We wanna know you, God. And that's a cry of our heart today. We want to know you, God. Even if you don't feel that right now, church, I just want you to know that on the inside, The new creation that Jesus has made you to be has a longing to know God. The Christ in you, the hope of glory, will be satisfied with nothing less than pure intimacy with God the Father. Nothing else will satisfy us, God, and we make that proclamation today. Nothing else will satisfy us except a raw intimacy with God, a real, pure intimacy with God. Not a religious practice, God, but a real connection to your heart. And this is what we want, God. This is what we ask you for today. God, that you would do something in us. Divine grace, divine grace, help us. Help us to know you better. Help us to love you better. Help us to know you, God. We wanna know you, God. Do something awesome today, Lord. Something groundbreaking. Something foundation-shaking, Lord. Shake everything that can be shaken in my life. Whatever you need to shake, God, shake it so it falls off the tree. The only thing that I desire to have left is a passion and a hunger for you. Lord, make us like the Apostle Paul said, I don't want to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let our soul focus just be Jesus Christ. Let us have that connection. That's what we're looking for, God. We feel it. We proclaim it. We want you, Jesus. Our heart beats after yours, Jesus. This is our true nature. This is our soul's true delight, which is to to know you. 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 You know, there's a scripture that has in some ways provoked me in other ways haunted me which is when Jesus is addressing some religious people and he says get away I, I never knew you. you you guys remember that and, and, and they say how could that be God we, we did all this great stuff in your name we healed the sick in your name we did miracles in your name we cast out demons in your name he said yeah but you never you never knew me You never knew me. That word in Greek is the the word genosko, which means intimacy. It's an intimate knowing. It's it's the same word that was used when it says that, that Joseph knew Mary after Christ had been born. It's the same word, genosko. It's an intimate knowing. It's an experiential knowing. It's not a head knowledge, right? But we did miracles in your name. But we, we served in your name. We, we made all of these awesome things happen for you, God. And he said, yeah, but you didn't genosco me, right? You didn't have intimacy with me. You didn't experience me, right? You guys with me? And so in one way, that scripture provokes me. In another way, it haunts me because as a pastor, I have the privilege of doing a lot of things in the name of Jesus, Right? As a Christian, you have the opportunity to do a lot of things in the name of Jesus. But just doing things in the name of Jesus does not necessarily equate intimacy with Jesus. Because we have to have an experience to know Him, right? And I think in some way that's what Jesus is talking to this woman, this stranger, this nameless woman, this dysfunctional woman, this unhealthy woman, right? We all agree that's probably the case for this individual. Jesus is on a journey, and uh, he's walking into a village named Sikar. And he sits down at this village, at this well, and he asks this woman for a drink. They begin to talk about water, but then she learns very quickly he is not referring to refreshment. That he's actually talking about a water that you not only consume but a spiritual water that consumes you. Right? She thinks they're talking about a drink. And he says, no, I'm talking about my spirit. Right? right. I think it's interesting, and upon some further study you'll see this, is that this village, Sikar, the Greek translation of that word is strong drink. So Jesus goes and he sits down at the well in the village of strong drink to give humanity a revelation about the drink that is the spirit. That if you will refresh yourself with the spirit of God that you not only will be satisfied but you will be overflowing with the spirit of God unto eternal life. Right? That it will fill every part of you. That it will fill you to overflow. How many of you guys in here want to be filled with the spirit to overflow? Well, that is the type of worship that the Father is seeking. You know, in Jeremiah it says that the eyes of God are searching the earth. Right? For a heart that is completely His. For a spirit, for an internal human that is so full of the drink, the spirit of God, that God longs to be caught up in every single thing that they do. You guys with me? That's what the eternal life of the drink of the spirit is, and that's what Jesus sits down to talk to this woman about. Now, as I thought about this passage this week, and funny enough, I actually I originally wrote a message on the same lines 5 years ago. And I was prayer walking this week. I love to prayer walk, although it feels like a mouth outside right now. <laughs> right, it is so humid. You know what I'm saying? And so I've been trying to go early, <laughs> try to beat the heat. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, I, you know, I'm prayer walking and I was reminded of this phrase, romancing God. Yeah. Yes. Because what we find here, like I said, a lot of sermons put the emphasis on the woman. I want to put the emphasis today on the message. Yeah. Because, because what Jesus is doing is Jesus is actually giving humanity a revelation of how he likes to be loved. You ever thought about that? How does God want to be loved by you? Or are we so self-obsessive that the only thing that we're concerned with is how we want God to love us? I just want to ask a question. Have we ever paused long enough to consider how does God want to be loved by you? Yes. Have, we, have we ever asked God, God, what's going on with you today? You know, or do we just launch into a barrage of all of the problems and the pains and the emotions that we're having? There's nothing wrong with sharing those things with the Father. I'll get to that in just a minute. But do we ever stop long enough to ask God, God, I, I do this. How are you doing? Hey, how's things going with you today? What's on your heart today? What's on your mind today? What are you thinking about? What, what are you caught up in? What are you blessing? What are you involved in? What what can I pray for today to just partner with you in what you want to do in the earth? Like, I, I just what? how do you want to be loved by me today? Do you want me to get in the scripture? Will that delight you? Would you like me to lift my hands? Would that delight you? Would you like me to pray in the spirit? Would that delight you? Would you like me to intercede and pray for my family that's lost? Would that bring your heart joy? Because I'm interested. I'm interested in investigating your heart because I want to know what's going to bring you delight. Because you delight me, God. You saved my soul. I know where you brought me from. I have a whole lot of joy thinking about the deliverance that Jesus Christ has paid for for me, right? I'm delighted by the freedom I found in the Holy Spirit. But what about how I could delight him? What about how my praise could refresh him? You know, they offered sacrifices and offerings in the old Testament and it went up to the Lord as a fragrant offering, right? Now we don't have the sacrifices of the bulls and the goats and things like that. God now has you. You're better than all that stuff. So what is it that you can bring to him that's going to bring a fragrant offering and please the Lord and delight the heart of Jesus? Have you ever asked yourself that question before? Because what we find here is that Jesus is telling humanity how he likes to be loved. He says, hey, here's how here, here's the worship that the father likes. It's it's that he's seeking It's that he's, that he's pursuing somebody who will worship him in spirit and truth. Not, not just in spirit, but also in truth, not just in truth, but also in spirit. Spirit, Greek word here, pneuma, right? It's the wind. It's the breath, right? It's what's happening on the inside. It's our God center. It's, it's, it's how God has created us. We, we, we are a spirit, amen? God is a spirit, amen? And so God wants to know what's happening on the inside of us. This is intimacy. It's not that we just come to him in truth and we worship him with our bodies. It's not that we only appear before him and offer him a sacrifice of praise. You know, I, well, praise God. I'm doing my Christian due diligence, I'm punching my Christian time clock. Hallelujah. Amen. I've worshiped you in truth. I've worshiped you in action. I've worshiped you in behavior. It's more than this, but oftentimes we get stuck in the rut that is simply worshiping God in truth and we do not worship him in spirit, Right. right? What's actually going on in here? Are we just paying lip service? Because Jesus talked to the Pharisees about that. He said, you confess to know me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. They were worshiping God in truth. They understood the law. They knew the truth. They understood the commandments. They knew the truth. They understood the do's and the don'ts. They knew the truth. And they were worshiping God in truth. They said all the right things. I can promise you the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they could pray better than you and I. They could quote the first five books of the Bible from memory. They had prayers, man, that would just knock your socks off. They were so eloquent. They were so good. They were so scriptural. They were so passionate. They were so long-winded. But Jesus says, man, despite all that lip service, your hearts are not connected to me. You're not worshiping me in the spirit. You're worshiping me in truth. But I want you to worship me in spirit. And then there's, you know, some that may worship in spirit, but not necessarily in truth. Because the Greek word for truth here is in reality. In reality, you know, we worship God in spirit when we give God access to our heart. Yes. We worship God in truth when we give God access to our time. Wow. And I know a lot of people, I have a lot of friends, yes. that don't necessarily attend church as much as me. Right. I know you are shocked to believe that. <laughs> I come to church a lot. <laughs> I go to church twice on Sundays. Yep. On. Okay. Right, it's a preacher joke. Sorry, okay. It's a preacher joke. All right. 9 at 11. Okay, we have a service after this. Okay, anyways. Okay. Guess it didn't, didn't go over well. But we worship God in truth when we give God access to our time. And I, I know a lot of people who are good at being vulnerable before God and, and they like to get real. You guys know what I'm talking about? Our generation is obsessed with I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. But they're not really vulnerable. Wow. It's just a disclaimer that they give before they offend you. Wow. You know, I'm just keeping it real. Oh, so you're about to say something hurtful. Okay. I'm teed up. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> right? and uh, but But they're not necessarily wow. worshiping God in truth. They... And, and I'm not trying to offend you, but they have no time that they regularly spend with God. God is not important enough to schedule, to steward or maintain any time with. Right. I, I, I realize this may be a little heavy. Yeah. Well, you know, I just, I, just, I just worship God when I feel like it. It's, 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 like, it's like me saying, well, I just love my wife when I feel like it. We, we, would, we would be very disconnected, right? Exactly. right? We would not have intimacy. Yep, right. We would not have a connection. We would not have joy in our marriage. We would not have a life-giving, abundant life home, yeah. right? Yep. We would be, you know, technically married. Right. You know what I mean? We'd have a commitment. We'd have a contract. Right. You, know, you see what I'm saying? But, but we wouldn't have intimacy. Right. Depart from me, for I never knew you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yep. Echoing yep. in that. Um, they don't read the Bible. I did, a, I did, a, I did some research uh, this week, uh, last week actually, on, you know, is it do Christians read the Bible? I was shocked. I was astonished to find out how few of us collectively, and I did a study on how often pastors read the Bible. I was astonished at how little we read the Bible and then to go further, how little we believe the Bible. But this is a part of loving God and worshiping him in truth. Right? Jesus used the scriptures all the time. Talked about them all the time. Knew them very well. Uh, He used them to defeat Satan in the wilderness, right? Like he not only read the scriptures, but he knew the exact scriptures to be used in the midst of his storms. You guys guys get what I'm saying? He understood how to wield his sword, right? Right. He knew, how to, he knew how to use it with precision. Yes. He knew the exact yes. truth, not just to recite, not just to repeat, yes. but to release yes. and shift the atmosphere yes. and, and come against temptation, right? Yes. He was worshiping God in truth yes. or, or, or coming to church. You know, that's, hey, the, the early church went to church way more than we do. Right. Yeah. All right? You can read Acts chapter 2. It says that they met Daily. Right? They met in the temple courts. Everybody say church. church. And they met house to house. Everybody say small group. Small group. <laughs> right? Yep. They they met a lot. Yep. Because they understood worshiping God in the truth was not a religious exercise. Come on. Right? It was a passion. Yeah. It was a passion to be where God is. And how many of you guys know that Jesus said, hey, two or three of you guys get together in my name? I'm hanging out, right? When I was pursuing my wife, there's this thing I did often, which was I wanted to show up where she would be. Now, I would pretend, I would definitely pretend like, you're here, what's, I didn't know you were going to be here. <laughs> Come here a lot. So good to see you. Anyways, let me tell you, well, you, know, you, you know what I'm saying? Well, see, here's the primary reason I like church. is because God likes to show up here. Yes. 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 Do we always get it right? Nope. Do we get it wrong all the time? Yep. But you know what? God keeps coming back. Like, he's so faithful to show up. Like, despite... You, you know, despite the headlines, despite the inadequacies, despite the sin, hello, we're all, we, we, we're all unfinished masterpieces, right? Yes. Jesus is faithful to show up. Yes. Like he just likes to hang out here. And the great news is we got him on a rotation. Yes. He just shows up every Sunday right here. And, and I just, I don't know, that's part of worshiping God in truth. You guys with me? So that was my introduction. I'll I'll tell you guys a I'll tell you guys a funny story uh, about my wife and I when we were dating. So when when my wife and I were dating, I, uh, I, I at that time I was I was really into fashion, uh, primarily because I had the money to be. <laughs> and you know when you have kids, you get married, you know expendable income to buy expensive clothes. It's not as readily available. <laughs> Can I get an amen from all the parents in here, right? But you take care of your kids. That's part of being a mature adult. Yeah. Yeah. You prefer them. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And so I used to go to these websites often that were like curated websites. You know, they would have like the latest and greatest like fashion out and like the cool shoes and I love, love new shoes. So I would always look at that and, uh, and they would have different things, shirts, jeans, accessories, jewelry, whatever. And there was this ring on there, not an engagement ring, but there was this ring on there that I just thought was the coolest ring. It looked like maybe something you'd buy at Urban Outfitters. It wasn't super expensive, maybe 50 bucks or something like that. And uh, I was like, man, I really want to get that ring for Allison because that ring is dope. That's an amazing ring. I'm going to get that ring for Allison. That ring is sick. You know, so I'm looking at it. You know, I'm, I'm rotating it around, looking at how cool it is. I'm like, this ring is so sick. She's going to love this. She's going to look so good in this ring. She's going to look so fly. I'm going to get this. And so I took my phone out, and I took a picture of the screen. And I was excited, you know, because I was about to buy this amazing ring that was going to make Allison look so cool. And, and so I, I took a picture of it, and I sent it to her. I was like, check this ring out. Look how cool it is. And she was like, yeah, it's cool. And I was like, she doesn't like it. So I, I texted her back, and I said, you don't really like it, do you? And she was like, eh, it's not so much my jams. I don't like it. I was thinking, man but I really want to buy this for you. I don't care if you don't like it. You, you, this is a cool ring. I'm, you need to, I'm going to buy this for you, and you're going to wear it. This ring is cool. You're going to look cool. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. And then it hit me. I was like, hold on, wait just a second. How often have I bought gifts for people on the basis of what I think they'll look cool wearing? How often have I bought gifts for other people without considering what they may or may not like? Have I been buying gifts on the basis of what I like for people rather than what they like themselves? And I was convicted by this because I was like, man, this is how I shop for people. I shop for people on the basis of what I think is cool for them rather than actually listening and paying attention and understanding what it is that they want or they like and then shopping for them on the basis of their preferences, not on the basis of my preferences. Right? You you know what I mean? Ain't nobody got a corner on the market on cool. Okay? Cool is is when you're just being you, right? And that's my opinion. And, And so I realized at that point, man, this is a shift. Like I'm about to marry this woman soon and this is a shift. Like from now on, I'm not just loving her on the basis of my own needs or what I think is best for me, but I'm loving her on the basis of her desires, her preferences and what's best for her. I may not like pasta that much, but I cook pasta because my wife likes it. That's a true story. I don't like pasta that much. I like Asian food. And she eats it often because I like it a lot. You know what I mean? And so when you're in intimacy, when you're having a good connection with somebody, no longer is the relationship managed by your preferences and your needs, but the relationship is managed by love. Because you give the other, for other person permission enough to share about their expectations and desires, and you go about loving them in the way that they enjoy being loved, not just in the way that allows you to get your needs met. I thought that was a good point, this side. Um, Come on. Two good amens. Yes. 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 Come on. yes. But how easy is it? How easy is it for us to build relationships with people, love them on the basis of our needs, and never truly ask them what they prefer, what they want, what they desire. What are your expectations? What are your needs? How do you like to be loved? Because I would like to step out of my comfort zone and love you in the way that you would like to be loved. But as a selfish person, there's no way I can do this. Right, As a self-absorbed person, there's no way I can do this. As a person who creates friendships, relationships, all on the basis of what's going to get my needs met, actually proves that all of my relationships will be disabled by disappointment. Because eventually, when somebody tries to share their expectations, preferences, and desires with you, you're going to take a step back. Because you're going to be confronted by the fact that it takes two to tango. Relationship requires both of you to bring the fullness of yourselves in order for there to be real connection. Amen. All the married people in here said amen, right? Yes. You guys know what I'm talking about, amen. right? I, didn't, I, I, I told my wife, I said, you could choose the movie last night. And for all the men in here, how I many you know, there's like this magnet we have in our palms to the remote control. It just, we never want to let it go. Okay, so that's just me. Anyways, I used to watch my dad do it. You know, I'd go wake my dad up from a nap. I'm watching that. Pops, you're not watching it. You're sleeping. But he had the remote right here. If you're the dad, you're the keeper of the remote. You know what I mean? And and so she picked the movie last night, and we watched this movie called Wonder. And then I cried like a baby. Have you guys seen that movie? I cried like a baby. Have you seen it, honestly? You should rent it. It's... It did a number. But that's what she wanted to watch. And I had seen the preview before, and I knew what was going to happen. I was like, this is a two-hour version of This Is Us. Like, I'm going to cry. It's so, so much drama. Jill, you have to watch it. It's so good, though. Because that's what she wanted to watch. You guys, are, you guys, are you guys getting what I'm saying here? And when when relationships are fulfilling is when you have permission to share your expectations, your preferences, your desires. And the other person goes about connecting with you, not only on the basis of their own preferences, but they also investigate your heart long enough to know your preferences. What's your love language? How can I serve you? I may not necessarily be a quality time person myself, but I know that you value that and that brings you life and that's one way that you receive love. So let's go to the movies or if you don't like going to the movies, let's go bowling or if you don't like bowling, you just want to go somewhere else. I'll go with you. Chick-fil-A, just a suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) Two things, a Chick-fil-A sauce, double portion. Hallelujah. (laughs) So here's the thing. I got a lot of other stuff I could talk to you guys about, to be honest with you. If you want more, you're going to have to double dip today, okay? Because I don't have time. But listen, thank you. Thomas is double dipping. Thank you, bro. I love that. But when we're in love with God, we want to meet his desires as much as we want him to meet our desires. that Worshiping God in spirit and in truth. We give God access to our hearts, our spirit. What's going on on the inside? You know, to hide from God, how you're really doing, is like playing hide and go seek with a toddler. They're easy to find, right? That's my point. They're hiding behind the couch. They're like, come get me. And you see their feet. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you're, you're, you're right there. You know what I mean? That is how it is with the father when we try to hide things from him that are going on with us on the inside. He already knows the pain. He already knows what's going on with you, okay? He's waiting on you to reveal it and worship him in spirit and say, God, nothing's hidden. Nothing's held back. All of me, who I am as a spirit, as a person, as a spiritual, being, it's all before you. I'm bringing the whole thing. I'm not hiding you know, I'm not just trying to give you lip service. Like I'm giving you me. What feels like a wound to you sounds like worship to him. But he can't heal it if you got your hand over it. Worshiping God in spirit is saying, there it is. You ever, you, ever, you ever see a toddler who's falling down, they got a scrape on a knee, they won't take their hand off of it. You know what I mean? You ever see, say they've hurt themselves, they keep their hand up. Well, let me see it. How many times as a parent, you said, let me see it. How many times did your parents say, let me see it. The father does that all the time with us and our woundings and our pain. Let, let, let me see it. Let, me, let, let dad look at it. I, I know you, let, let me see it. If what we reveal, he will heal. But, but what we conceal And I'm thinking of a rhyme. We'll stay unfulfilled. How's that? Right? The enemy steals. steals. I like that. Collab. (laughs) Mixtape dropping this fall. Straight fire. So we we open up. And, And you know, the thing is, giving God access to our time, worshiping God in truth, it's very interesting, you know. Throughout the uh, throughout the Gospels, Jesus addresses this topic of worship. He talks about it right here, right. He, he he's telling this lady. He's saying, "Listen, you don't just have to worship in Jerusalem anymore. A time is coming. Hold on. Better said, a time is now, because what Jesus came to bring was a worship reformation. It was it was not just that in order to worship." God well, you had to go to temple or you had to attend a worship service. What Jesus came to do was offer us a drink, so that we became the temple, and we became a worship service. See what I'm saying? And so Jesus talks about worship throughout the Gospels. He uses the Greek word proskuneo, which means to 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 reverence or to bow down. When 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 Jesus talks about worship, he talks about bowing down about 24 times in the Gospels, I think it is. Uh, they talk about worship. And then, and then get this, in the book of Revelation, worship is talked about over 21 times in one book. If you wanna, if you wanna get a picture uh, of some heavenly worship, just go home today, read the book of Revelation. You see some worship when we pray, "Your kingdom come and Your will be done." How can we bring heaven more in our church services? Worship like they did in Revelation, man. That's just a thought. And um, but here's here's the interesting thing, is that in all of the letters, all of Paul's writings, you have the Gospels. I think it's twenty-four times. Jesus and others mention worship. You have the book of Revelation, which talks about worship 21 times, but then you have everything in between. Guess how many times the word worship is used? Zero. Not mentioned at all. Here's why. Because the early church had a revelation that they received from Jesus, that no longer did we just need to go to Jerusalem to worship. No longer did we simply need to attend temple to worship. No longer did we need some scriptures and a cup of coffee and we better take a selfie or else it's not real. Um, To do worship, you know know what I'm saying? No longer did this, with with this, just this one expression be the way that we did worship. But actually the same word that Jesus uses for worship, proskuneo, Paul, uses over and over and over and over and over again, but it's never translated as worship for Paul. He uses an adaptation. It's actually the word letruo, which actually means to serve. You guys with me? See, Jesus said, hey, I'm gonna take you from attending a worship service to becoming a worship service. So that everything that you do, In word or in deed, you do it all in the name of Jesus. Jesus took us from this place of needing to seek an altar to worship him to that everything that we do in the right spirit is worship to him. Every time we open the door for a stranger, right, is worship to him. Every time we're serving in the kitchen at our job that we don't like with a boss that's not nice, We're bringing a fragrant offering to the Lord when it's done in the right spirit. When it's done in the right spirit, we bring worship to the Father. And the Father is saying, oh, you're delighting me. This is the type of worshipers that I'm looking for. (laughs) Worshipers that are going to worship in spirit and in truth. And I've put my Holy Spirit in you so that you don't just have to come to temple to worship, but that you can bring worship wherever it is that you go. Your job, if it's dark, you bring the light. Your neighborhood, if it's dark, you bring the light. Wherever you are, you are now a worship service. You've taken a drink and you have consumed my spirit. And now as a result, my spirit has consumed you and it is overflowing unto eternal life. Some people that you meet and that you know will never attend a church service. They will never come and enjoy a worship service. But what they don't know is they are already being met and they are already enjoying a worship service every time that you interact with them in the right spirit because that is what the New Testament and the Apostle Paul calls worship. This is worship in spirit and in truth in Jesus name if you guys don't mind to stand so if i could impress upon you a takeaway today the question is how does god want to be worshiped by you see god god enjoys worship one way with me one way With Jared, one way with Stephen, one way with Ron, one way with Kristen, one way with Trevor. Right? One way with Christine, one way with Jesse, one way with Ryan, one way with Daniel, one way with Ray. God, God enjoys worship. But but, but, but how does God enjoy worship from you? You know what I mean? How, how is it that you specifically have been designed to delight his heart? For those of you who are parents in here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's there a unique experience that you have with every single one of your kids. And that's something that you enjoy that only they can bring. The other kids can do it. It's not the same. This is your thing. Hey, what's your thing with God? because you and God have a thing. What is that? What is it that you do that delights his heart? What is it that you do? It's not just coming to the temple, that's a part of it, but what is it that you do that brings glory to him? Maybe it's the way you, you're you honest with your finances. Maybe it's the way you behave when no one else is looking. Maybe it's the way that you spend time with him on a day-to-day, basis. maybe whatever it is for you. I just want to impress that on you. Like, what is that for you today? How does God want to be loved by you? And and just bring him that, just refresh him with that. So, Lord, we bless you. We bless you. And, And before we get too caught up with sharing our long list of preferences and wants and desires we know those are important to you but what what are your preferences how do you like to be loved speak to us God Speak to us, God, because we want to love you in a way that brings delight to your heart. We want to love you in a way that you enjoy being loved. Talk to us, God. Tell us something that you enjoy about how we love you. Tell, tell us, remind us of a moment that you enjoyed with us. Remember that? That was awesome, God says. Remember that? brought so much joy to my heart when you did that. Yeah, that was fun. That was awesome. You can give the world the benefits of your secret history with God, but you can't give the world your secret history with God. We talk about making history Making history outside of the Spirit is of no consequence before making history with the Spirit. Make some history with God. So, Father, we bless your people today in Jesus' name. And everyone said...